Welcome to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast falling to Game Dev Scrubs in the Game Dev. If we can do it, you can too. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. Sup, y'all? So, uh, we're on the road to our giveaway. And by the way, if you aren't aware, we're doing an awesome, awesome Game Dev uh, package giveaway for the cost of a simple little tweet using hashtag... GTQ Y2 giveaway. Uh, you can enter in for a chance to win this game dev package, which includes Game Maker Studio 2, A Sprite, and uh, Right Mic Music Maker. Everything you need to make your game. Just right. tweet with hashtag GTQ Y2 giveaway and tell us uh, the game that you would make. If you won this package, um, by the way, that will be over next week. When we launch our episode, we're going to draw a winner and, uh, shout those fools out and get them their stuff. So, uh, you got a week left to enter. If you haven't done it yet, go ahead and do it. Yeah. And that was provided by a very generous anonymous donor who wants to help the community out. So. Yeah. Many thanks to that se- to to that said person. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, Many thanks to that to that to that said to, said to, person. To that person. Yeah. Uh yeah, dude. Uh, how was your week? Uh, why are we like, huh? Oh, we're we're musical today. I watched yeah. John Oliver's episode about automation too, so maybe that's why I'm very robotic. Robotic. Uh, Hello. yeah. You know what episode of Black Mirror I just watched yesterday for the first time is Metalhead. Jesus, that scared me. Ugh. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't like that episode actually. Dude. Uh, well, you're stupid. I know. Well, it was just like super. <laughs> Well, okay, so it did. It felt a little bit like a Twilight Zone episode, honestly, and I think that's part of the reason why it was black and white. It wanted to have that sort of old timey feel. Um, I'm thinking of the right one, right? Yeah, it's black and white. Yeah, that lady's like being chased by this robot dog thing that was like yeah. kill all humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a pretty intense episode. I think I didn't really like it just because. Um, didn't give me good feeling. Like it gave me bad feelings the entire Did time I watched it. They all give bad feelings. I, I Which know, one but, gave you good feelings? I know, but a lot of them, uh, it it gives it to you in like, I don't increments. know, certain <laughs> increments. Yeah, dosage, like small dosage, or it kind of like ramps up. Like at first, it's kind of fine, and then it, at the end, it's like, oh my god. But this yeah, one this was one like... Just ramps up. It's like <laughs> it never steady stops. bar. Awful, 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 awful. Be scared, be scared. Awful, yeah. awful, you know? So maybe yeah. that was it. I don't know. Yeah. Especially the uh, scene where she's like sitting in the bathroom with like... I can't remember if it's a knife or like a pill to kill herself. I think it's a yeah. knife. It's a knife, she's, yeah. And she's like sitting there like, well, 
either I do this myself or it does it to me. Yeah. And you're that like, was... and then you're thinking though, like, just dig it out. Like, how bad can this be? And then the camera zooms out and you see all of the robots like closing yeah. in. Ugh. Yeah. That scene haunted me. Hmm. Very, uh, but seriously though, like you didn't like it just because of that reason though, like the intensity. Well, because like, it sounds like you have positive things to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I liked it for what it was. I didn't like it because it didn't make me feel. Good. It made me feel bad. Like I was in a worse mood after watching it. Yeah. Well, see, I made the mistake of when I was watching this. Me and Bailey got into a conversation about automation and robotics. So I showed her a bunch of videos of the Boston Dynamics uh, robot that like looks like a dog. <laughs> And like opens doors oh, yeah. and all that. Have you ever seen that one? It looks a lot like these dogs on that episode, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I showed her the one of the Boston Dynamics robot that like does flips and stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. And <laughs> There's like a guy in one video who kicks it over and then it's like, meh, I'll just get up. Yeah. <laughs> We're literally watching the beginning of that world that that Black right. Mirror episode took place I know. in. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, I don't know how we got onto that one, but because I glitched. Oh, automation! And yeah, we got robotics. into automation. <laughs> got it. Yeah, that was, well, yeah. maybe your glitch was more like just a glitch in the Matrix code. Dude, I was thinking that exact same thing. See, where our code is like intertangled right now. Yeah. What is this? Nothing's real. No, no, we're just brains in a vat, bro. Yeah, we're all automatons. At least I'm a brain in the vat, and you're just a program designed to stimulate my yeah. consciousness. <laughs> you do a pretty good job of it, though, bro, so thank good. you. I appreciate yeah. it. You're welcome. I'm here to stroke your ego at all times. Sometimes I wish that the code would uh, entertain me in a better way, uh, like making you sniff my farts up close. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't have to go like go to work every single yeah, day <laughs> <laughs> like you'd think that it would be a little better than that if it was yeah. all for your pleasure right right yeah but unfortunately on my list of things that would make my simulation more pleasurable taylor sniffing my farts up close <laughs> and not having to go to work <laughs> yeah. top two <laughs> in order yeah uh, well i'm glad that i'm part of number one i don't know yeah. why it had to do with farts but maybe it's some like deep-seated thing from your childhood well, i was gonna say the other thing that i was telling you earlier but i was like i don't know if everybody wants uh, to hear that <laughs> no don't say it <laughs> so, that's a little too personal friendly <laughs> yeah that's good the toned down version yeah yeah yep but uh but yeah otherwise uh my week was pretty i don't know it was tough it was a weird week last night actually though was a lot of fun uh we went to uh, one of my friends from the theater uh was hosting a blind dinner party oh wow okay you go to the house and you are blindfolded on the porch and escorted to your seat at the table. And Sounds like the start of a swingers event. <laughs> that's what everybody says. <laughs> that's what every single person said. Like, uh, if I hear a zipper unzip really close to my face, you know, <laughs> or something like that. It's oh, like, my goodness. Um, 
But hey, you know, whatever. Yeah. Maybe it was. I'm down. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey's listening like, oh, my God. She's down, too. She's in on it. All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, blindfolded, escorted to our seat at the table, and we're given a three-course meal. We get a starter appetizer thing. We get our main course, and we get dessert. And, of course, lots of different beverages to partake in. And the idea is that um, what might be just an ordinary event is turned into something unique because, A, you're having this unusual experience with the food where you're eating it, but you can't – you don't really know what it is. Yeah. And, B, uh, you're not able to judge anybody by the way they look. So we're in there with mostly strangers – um, oh, interesting. Yeah. And so you're just making conversation with people. I mean, granted, actually, it turned out that I knew a lot of the people that were there from like when I used to go to college and stuff, which was kind of interesting. Um, and then, of course, like Bailey was there and one of our other friends from the theater. Um, but yeah, it was it was really interesting. Um, the food was really good and it makes things a little bit more intense, especially like after like you pass like the first hour mark. Like food, like you do start tasting food a little bit better. Like butter tasted crazy to me. I was like, what? <laughs> it like tasted almost like grassy in a way. Uh-huh. It was weird. Um, and then like even like I had a glass of wine and I felt like you could taste like the currants a little bit more. Like the, the stems of the grapes, like the branchy parts of the grapes. Like I felt like you could taste them more. It was so weird. Uh, and maybe I'm just imagining it all, but. That's funny. Well, um, so when we watched that wine documentary and we watched people wine taste, yeah, like maybe there maybe there is something to it, but it just seemed like absolute bullshit to me. Like these people who are going in and they, oh, I could taste the oak and the 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 like I don't know. They just seemed so douchey to me. But I guess the idea of like taking away a sense to heighten the other senses maybe that was in effect yeah but also things like oak are really obvious to taste well okay but could you like some of these people were talking about specific grapes from specific locations and how well aged they are and that sort of thing to me that seems fake uh yeah i'm not i can't do that but you know and the thing is though is that like i wonder how a super taster would fare Right, like we have like a genetic marker for people whose tasters actually like better, or I guess more. What's the word? I guess it's like tuned into like different flavors and stuff that we are. Like, that's like they thing. have more taste buds or whatever, isn't that? Well, it's it's a genetic test. Like I don't remember. I don't know if you remember doing this in high school or whatever. But like you, when you're learning about genetics. Um, you know, you, you learn that, like, yes, there is, like, a recessive and dominant gene for things like a cleft chin, for a widow's peak in your hairline, yeah. for the ability to be able to roll your tongue. The other thing was <laughs> you took this, like, litmus test or something where you, like, licked this thing, and if it tasted foul to you, then you're a super taster. And I don't think I ever did that. And there was only, like, two people in my whole entire biology class that could taste it. I couldn't taste it. It just tasted like I was licking an envelope, kind of. Huh. But to them, it's they said it literally tasted like they poured spoiled milk on their tongue or something like that, you know? 
Dude, taste is like one of the weirdest things if you start thinking about it. Like, Mm -hmm. what even is it? It's like some receptor on your tongue that like translates what another thing, like data from another thing to your brain to tell it whether or not it's like should be eaten. Yeah. Taste is a really weird weird thing. thing. And not only that, but they've actually kind of figured, too, that it plays into our mating um, uh, habits. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but evolutionarily, um, when you are kissing a girl or a boy, I guess, um, no judgment, Taylor, uh, there is a taste that you can get that is supposed to indicate to our primitive brains of whether or not we're distantly related or whether or not our immune systems would be compatible and like make a child that doesn't necessarily need like uh you know that thing when babies are born when their immune system or blood type is like different and they have to like get a thing (laughs) so the taste of another human helps determine whether or not they're a good mate yeah <laughs> it could just be that they have bad breath. I don't know. Well, it could be, but apparently this is something that's been established in a like laboratory setting. That's funny. Of course, I don't know enough about it to talk about it at depth, but uh yeah. I, I at least I think I saw that on like an OPB like Nova special or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, Nova, dude. Hell yeah. Nova's a good good show. Yeah, it's really good. Um <laughs> So yeah, taste is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is weird. But um, uh, supposedly it helps us, like you know, get the nutrients we need too. You know, we gotta have salty things. And how else do you know if it's salty? True. It's very weird. Yeah. Um. So, so do you have anything else to here? talk about the uh, your oh, the blind, blind tasting thing? Uh, no. It was fun. It was weird. Um. I felt bad because uh, a couple of the people there just were not – like, they were really shy people. And, like, I feel really bad, but there was, like, one person at the dinner party who pretty much didn't speak the whole time, and I forgot she was there. Oh, like, oh no. <laughs> like, literally, somebody was like, how are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're like, there's another person here? <laughs> it's that scene in Guardians 2 when Drax is standing behind them, and he's like, what? how long have you been there? And he's like – an hour. I have the <laughs> unique ability to turn invisible by standing so still. <laughs> like, I don't know. I felt bad, but uh, um, sad. And then, other than that, uh, I guess that's the big thing. I feel like I had more to talk about. <laughs> uh, How about you? Yeah, so I had kind of a crazy week, too. Uh, work has been very crazy. We just hired on another person Uh on my team to to do kind of similar roles to what I'm doing. And so I spent, uh, well, actually, this goes back to two weeks ago, too, because this last week was a snowstorm and a lot of people were out out of work for most of the week. But uh, when, he, when he came in, uh, I spent a lot of time training him. And it's insane. Like, you don't really think you know that much until you have to literally talk about it for hours and hours and hours every day to demonstrate how things work and then you start realizing like wow i actually know a lot (laughs) um 
So yeah, I, I went through and like trained him on pretty much everything that I could think of that uh, comes up on a semi-regular basis. And it was like probably four full days of me talking for six hours at least a day. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is kind of like it, it made me feel more confident, made me feel like I actually knew things. Yeah. And then it also reminded me, like, before I, like, right after I got out of college, I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. And I went and spent a year being a teacher's assistant at a middle school. And I didn't really like it that much just because it was so difficult to get students to care about the things you were teaching. But in this setting, it's like one one guy who's very interested in what I have to say and also um, <clears throat> just like has to know these things because it's his job, <laughs> you know? Right. So he was like very attentive and just like really interested and curious. And it was like, wow, this is what it feels like to have like a really nice teaching moment. And it, it was really nice. It was exactly what I wanted when I was thinking about being a teacher. It just like reinforced like good feelings for everyone, I think, you know? So it's kind of neat. I had a lot of fun um, training him. And now I'm I'm really excited to see, because uh, I think this week he'll be kind of uh, on his own a little bit, like trying, trying to do some support and all kinds of stuff without me just like hovering and doing everything with him. So I don't know. It's kind of exciting. That is cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of my week. I was really exhausted every day after all that because I bet. my my brain was just going like all day every day, and like by the time I got home, I was I really did not want to talk anymore, you know. <laughs> so, um, but beyond that, a uh, couple things I've been working on the website uh, for our GDQ 2.0. Um, initiative that we have going. Yep. So that's been fun. I decided to use Bootstrap for the new website, which makes it so much easier than doing everything by by hand from scratch. So I feel like I have a pretty nice start to it. I'm excited to share it with everyone. It's not going to be like what we've talked about where it's a web app where you can log in and all that stuff. It's just a page you can go to to get some information about our podcast. Um, but I think it's a good start to uh, sort of like a rebrand and kind of bringing it up, bringing us up to date. So that's been kind of fun. Uh, I, re- I actually really enjoy doing web design. Like it's kind of like game dev in a way where you, you get to see everything visually as you, as you make it. So you're, you know, you're trying to change and seeing what happened when you made this code edit seeing like this box move across the screen and all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> related to game dev this weekend, I attempted to do crash jam nine, which was fun. Um, I worked with anecdote, uh, on a game we had this. So with crash jam, you have to generate, uh, three unique themes. Everybody gets three themes, and then they get a pick from those themes what they want to do. And 
the one that we picked was basically like uh, you explore a map to find historical locations through naval warfare. That was <laughs> that was our theme. It was kind of cool. Uh, so we had this idea. It was like this almost like a um, board game where you have like a bunch of tiles, kind of like Carcassonne, and there's a little ship that's on these tiles that you use to kind of like navigate around. And as you explore, you flip over more tiles and you see more of the landscape. And, you know, at first there's just water and then you might run into an island or some rocks. And you're trying to basically get to a particular historical site to then like transport goods from that site to another one. And, uh, then you might run into other ships and have naval battles and have to, you know, run away from them or fight to the death. Um, but it was a bit over scope, I think. I decided to use mono game, which I've barely used. Um, and <laughs> like, I think the thing that explains how everything went the best is I was trying for over an hour to figure out how to draw a rectangle like <laughs> using code. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So that's like how easy mono game is. Thanks, man beard games. No. Um, it was still fun. The, the hard part for me was um, we chose to do an isometric view, which is just the math and everything is much harder than just like a top-down, uh, you know, standard grid where the, you have like squares from a top-down view. It's they're altered a little bit, and so the assets, the anecdote, which by the way, what he made was awesome. Like it was, it got me so stoked. It reminded me of, uh, you know, in Victoria that miniature world. Yeah. It gave me the same vibe as going through that museum, you know, oh, seeing, cool. the, yeah, <laughs> seeing these little miniature landscapes and because he animated all of them, like he had this little island and these uh, waves, you know, crashing around and also like birds flying. And granted, it's like a bird was three pixels, you know, because he did like a miniature thing. But the way that he did it was just so awesome. Got me really excited. Um, but since it was in isometric view, I spent like probably six hours trying to get these grids to line up perfectly. And you wouldn't think it'd be that hard, but I tried to figure out the math on my own at first. And then I, it was like close. So I just kept kind of tweaking it for like hours. Yeah. (laughs) And eventually I got it lined up. But by that time, it was already, like, late Saturday night, and I don't know. We were going house hunting on Sunday, and so we just didn't have time to to finish it. But I think um, because Anecdope owned those assets so hard, we're going to try to just extend it and make, you know. Yeah, it's a good idea. I'm going to try to learn mono game better, not just be a complete noob, and, uh, and see if we can get a little game going, so... Um, and for whatever reason, all of a sudden in the community, there's some mono game excitement, some buzz going on. Um, we got obviously Manbeard Games is like the evangelist. He even uh, when I was working on 
the game jam, he even streamed and did another one of his like mono game 101 like <laughs> tutorials on the fly, which was super helpful. Um, and then we have me. I'm interested in trying to learn mono game and Zivix. Also, we were talking this morning. He's he's compiling a big list of resources and he wants to see if he can make like a little framework to help people you know, do things easier in mono game, like set up UIs and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Spencesaurus Rex is also interested. We got Patrick uh, RMC yeah, as yeah. well. So I don't know. All, all of a sudden there's like this excitement for it. And I think it has to do with people wanting to just like dig into code mm-hmm. and, you know, get better at programming and not rely on engines that to do everything for you. So it's kind of cool. I'm excited again. It's bringing back that spark. So nice. That's yeah. exciting. Cool. Yeah, and if you guys uh, are interested, um I think Anecdote put up some of his images in uh the show and tell channel on Discord. They're they're super cool. So otherwise I'll uh tell him to post them again. So um That's pretty much it for the game dev <laughs> stuff. Yeah. But another big thing happened this week, not related to game dev, and in fact, is something we don't try to specifically talk about very often, but it's very political. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we had the Cohen testimony this week. Yeah. Uh, that was, I don't know, I hate myself a little bit for it, but I'm still glued to all of the scandals going on with... Yeah the presidency and i think i'm glued to it because i hate our president he's the worst so of course i want to see him go down (laughs) (laughs) you know so like when uh james comey had his hearings i listened to almost all of it yeah uh same thing with cohen and i don't know what were your thoughts on it did you did you get a chance to listen to a lot of it Oh, yeah. I listened to the whole thing. And it was a snow day that day around here. So yeah, uh, things were really slow. I ended up going into work, but um, I listened to it in my car on the way there. I listened to it um, when I was at the office and I listened to it, uh, finished it. I only worked like a half day and I finished it driving home. Um, it was done by the time I got home that afternoon. But yeah, I listened to the whole thing from start to finish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I- I did mostly. Uh, I was at work as well, but I had Twitter. They were live streaming it from like ABC or something, and I was had that in my ear all day. Yep. Yeah. But what were your what were your thoughts, <laughs> dude? It, it's just uh, I don't know. Like, what what can I say? Like, I thought that it was all pretty compelling, and the fact that. Um, you know, there's lots and lots of logical and legal reasons that I could get into that I think that his testimony needs to be accepted. Yeah. It's mind-boggling to me that there are half of the uh, congressmen on the oversight committee were not focused on the issues at hand. Yeah. They were... They were actively just trying to dismiss it. Yeah. 
which is and, like the opposite of what that committee's about. It's about yeah, like getting to the truth to uh, make sure that they're you know that the government is not breaking any laws, right? Isn't yeah. that the idea behind the oversight committee? It's like they're overseeing the government's practices to make sure they're not doing anything illegal, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> or I guess not just the government, but. You know, because I think they've brought in like CEOs of big companies and stuff and questioned them as well. But yeah, well, the oversight here, I just Google it. The okay. Congressional Oversight Committee um, refers to oversight by Congress of the executive branch, including numerous U.S. and federal agencies, uh, numerous U.S. federal agencies. I guess. So that hearing was like the quintessential hearing. <laughs> for what that committee's for why the hell would you try to basically dismiss that yeah like and no offense to anyone who's a republican but my god these congressmen were they like i've said this to you already but like their argument this whole time was liar liar pants on fire yeah well that was a literal sign yeah made that was in this a congressional hearing room. <laughs> I felt like it was an embarrassment to our country. Oh, super embarrassing. I I just it felt so childish. Like it's just it's the thing that's really hard for me to accept is that, you know, my job involves a lot of, you know, without getting into exactly what I do, it involves a lot of things exactly like this, interviewing people, getting to the heart of matters. And even if you don't believe somebody's testimony, like you have an obligation to hear it out. You have yeah. an obligation to hear it out and to compare it against other testimony and compare it against the the facts at hand and compare it against evidence. Like, yeah, it, well, it's boggling to me that so that there's this trend of making your evidence fit the narrative that you want to spin yeah i was just gonna say it kind of remind me exactly of that flat, flat earth, earth documentary yeah, documentary and, this is, and that's the same thing can be said about them the same thing can be said about people who do not believe in the eff- efficacy of vaccinations or people or who believe that change. the earth is what i said or climate change climate like change, let's, yeah let's vote on the green new deal but with the pretense that climate change isn't real. Right. Or, yeah, okay. Or even people who believe that the Earth is hollow and that inside reside reptilians who control the government. All right. Like, <laughs> all of them have the same habit of making your evidence suit the narrative that you want to believe. When the mm-hmm. true way to investigate anything is to make your narrative fit the evidence. That's the only way you know yeah. to to do things like this and hey. and it stretches not just for things like flat earthers anti-vaxxers yeah. conspiracy theorists but also apparently our government <laughs> these elected people who are supposed to be defending you know defending the nation against abuse of power yeah well and they so, don't care they've proven 
wholeheartedly where their allegiance lies. Yeah. You'd think that they would have actual questions lined up to get to like the bottom of things. Or did debunk his testimony? Like Yeah. There there was only one I can think of that was asked that was compelling at all from the Republican side, which was basically they asked him about uh, whether or not he has something to gain from testifying. Like they asked, will you be while you're here? Will you swear that you won't like go on TV or, you know, get any book deals or anything from this? And he, he said, no, like he, he won't do that. Which that I felt like that was the only compelling piece of of what they asked the whole time. The rest of them were literally, "You're a liar. You're a felon. We don't believe you, and neither should the American people." Okay, like when he was there before, and you were like trust trusting him, he was telling you what you wanted to hear. Yeah. Like ah, it's so frustrating. Like and. And I'm not like a staunch Democrat or anything, but at least the Democrats, especially the new like freshman Democrats, the young Democrats were impressive. They asked amazing questions that like I can't remember any off the top of my head word for word or anything, but they were very probing. They had logical reasons to why they were asked. Yeah. And. The thing about the thing that I think was made Cohen's testimony credible was that it wasn't like he told the Democrats exactly what they want to hear. Yeah. Like there was the conversation of um, a video being out there where Trump hit Melania in an elevator. Yeah. And he basically said, like, that's that's fake. Uh, Donald Trump would never never hit Melania, you know? And whereas the Democrats probably wanted to hear, yeah, he, he's an abusive person. Yeah. But he didn't tell her, tell them that. Yeah. He, he said it in a way that I felt, I felt like he was telling the truth at times. I felt like he was being sort of cautious in the way he said things, especially when it dealt with matters that were under investigation with what was it? The The Southern Southern District District of of New York of New York. But like the fact that he didn't say things that was like exactly yeah. what we wanted here did did Trump collude with Russia? Like he he didn't give anything about that. Yeah. You know, the only thing he said that was in relation to that was that uh, Don Jr. and uh, Donald Trump knew about the that meeting in Trump Tower. Yeah, like they kind of coordinated that. But it was like sort of. I don't think it was enough to do anything. I don't know. It, it just, to me, because of that, because of that, because he didn't say everything that this whole narrative we keep hearing over and over in the media, like because he didn't confirm all of that, it felt like it was a legitimate testimony. Yeah. I can't like, I'm not vouching for his character. He's not a good guy. He said like he threatened over 500 people like for Trump. Yeah. And that was the thing that was really funny to me. And that's the thing that's really funny is like, you know, nobody is trying to defend his character here. 
Yeah. And, you know, he flat out says when when people are assaulting it, he's like, I've already pled guilty to this. I've already yeah. pled guilty to this. Like, I'm right. serving prison time for this. What more could you possibly want? <laughs> yeah. And what's bonkers to me, too, is that they just dismiss it out of hand. But it seems that the hard-on-crime party has forgot how something like a RICO case works or any case where you are prosecuting organized crime. They don't get the guys at the top. No, they get the guys at the bottom or mid-level, and they flip them. Yeah. We have, we're perfectly okay flipping, you know – mobsters and all this type of stuff but not okay if it's the president's personal lawyer right it doesn't make any sense to me yeah we have historic precedents for flipping people and believing their testimony and entering it in the court of law i'm not saying that testimony alone is enough to freaking indict somebody well and it's not the fact like what what is enough is that he's presented some evidence like the checks. Um, yeah. It sounded like there's going to be some FBI investigation into some of those boxes that he referred to Yeah. Um, that had a bunch of stuff on Trump's finances. And I think what this, honestly, what this is, is a springboard. Mm-hmm. Cause Which is now exactly they're talking, what it should have been. Yeah, exactly. Know? Now they're talking about bringing in Ivanka and Don Jr., for questioning um you know they're they're already i've heard that some of the house democrats are trying to get his tax returns um you know i don't think that in the current state the senate is gonna vote to impeach but if they keep digging and they find uh you know that he broke the law with actual evidence i don't see how they couldn't do that yeah so i don't know i think that there's going to be an impeachment probably later this year but whether or not it actually goes all the way through i don't know yeah and the thing that struck me the the most about this was in cohen's um ending closing remarks uh he said We've already talked about this, but I'm just going to quote it again. He said, Indeed, given my experience working for Mr. Trump, I fear that if he loses the election in 2020, that there will never be a peaceful transition of power. And this is why I agreed to appear before you today. Talk about haunting, dude. Yeah. Like somebody who knows him that well thinks that he won't peacefully give up power. I mean, we already know that he's into dictatorships. Yeah. Listen to how he talks about Kim Jong-un and Putin and, oh, dude, it's, or the the leader of the Philippines. Like, it's scary. So we'll see yeah. what happens. It's It's really interesting to me that, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with this other stuff. I, I totally wish I could have been a fly on the wall uh, when the oversight committee did uh, closed hearings for stuff yeah. regarding anything that um, overlaps with the investigation by the Southern District of New York. Yeah. Um, well, and then there's the House Intelligence Committee that also interviewed him in closed yeah. hearings. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot going on. And I – like – 
there's this argument that it's wasting taxpayers' dollars, like no. doing this sort of thing. But that's exactly what this. Well, that's for. what the committee's for. That's what the committee's and, for. And if you're concerned about the FBI investigation, it's it's in the it's in the red or the black. Excuse me. Um, the investigation's in the black. The more of his co-conspirators that they arrest, charge, and uh, you know convict of these crimes, they can just seize their assets. Like they got like fifty million dollars in assets from Paul Manafort alone. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. So, and I, I just don't understand how you can look at the long list of his f- people who have been arrested and put in prison and not think that there's something wrong. I know. Yep. And I'm sure that there's a few people listening to this who are thinking to themselves like, wow, listen to these, you know, libtards or whatever. But I, I don't necessarily belong to the Democratic Party. I don't. Um, but it's interesting that for some reason there's just zero standards from one side of the aisle. Yeah. I mean, it's just they're... about having some f- like self-respect and like <sighs> some dignity, I guess. Like it's just bizarre that like one side has lost all meaning of or all semblance of standards. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's true of every single person whose beliefs happen to be uh, aligned that way, but it is true of many of the ones that are in office. Right. And seriously, like, if these people represent your interests, you need to stand up and vote these people out and get people in who represent your beliefs and aren't you know, kind of freaking suckle from this guy's teat, basically. Yep. <laughs> and even, and this is the thing about this, like the, the oversight uh, hearing that was an irritating too, is that all of, you know, again, like I'm not necessarily a Democrat and to hear some of these old guard Democrats just play good old boys club with each other was so fucking irritating. I know. Yeah. Like, are you uh, talking about the, like when Meadows goes, I think it was Meadows, right? Yeah. He goes off and does his like little tokenism thing, which, yeah. you know, <laughs> we all know is kind of a weird fucking thing to do in the first place. Like, even if you don't agree that it's racist or not, like <laughs> you could be like, that's a little weird. And also like, how about the dignity of that woman? Right. Like, all right. And then, you know, Congressman Cummings was <laughs> like, I'm sure she didn't mean that. <laughs> I know. Basically, I was like, like, I'm pretty to... sure she did. Well, I thought <laughs> it was really clever how Rashida Tlaib kind of walked it back. She she never she kind of did explicitly take it back. But she also said, like, anybody who knows me knows I say what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was kind of. Like backhandedly saying, like, yeah, I meant it, but also I guess I'll walk it back for the interest of moving this fucking hearing along. Like it was like a well, ten she minute said, fucking break listening I to know. them like circle jerk each other off. Ah, we have a friendship. You're black. I'm white. <laughs> we get along famously. Like, yeah. oh my god, we get it. Yeah. Move on. I know, dude. But what were you gonna say? She said what? 
Oh, she she said something like, "I'm not specifically calling this person racist. I'm calling the act the act racist." So yeah. Yep, it was crazy. Um, so I don't anyway, know if I have anything else yeah. to say? <laughs> I um, want to see what else comes. Yeah. It was it was really great to hear the young Democrats ask really sharp, poignant questions. That yeah, uh, definitely going to lead to more uh, more investigations. Uh, it was wow. really interesting to hear uh, a lot of just like the analysis that came out about the testimony uh, the last week. Yeah, um, it yeah, was if really. Nothing else, I. Yeah. Sorry. If nothing else, I feel a lot a lot of hope from the the yeah. freshman Democrats, because a lot of them, for one thing, didn't do campaign finance, or they didn't take contributions from lobbyists. Yeah. So they can say what they want to say, and they're saying it intelligently. Yeah. So it's like, if I've ever felt represented in Congress, it's by those people, who happen well, to all be women of color, by the way. <laughs> and AOC is our age. Right. Yeah. Like, look at what we're doing. <laughs> right. I know, She's yeah. like, meanwhile, like, oh my god, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yep. it's fun. Um, even if you disagree with her politics, it is really fascinating to see. How, like, a lot of people are coming out saying like she's a breath of fresh air in that. Oh my god! You know, yeah. In the uh, uh, floor, and uh, well, everyone's just so sick of the same old like entrenched politics that just takes giant corporate donorship or whatever like i've never felt represented in congress no and now i finally do and it happens to be from a person of our generation who is who speaks eloquently and says what she believes which is a representation of what her constituents believe it's like God, I'm so tired of like these old white guys that are, yeah, that have been there for 35 <laughs> years. That was an interesting thing that Ted Cruz tried to introduce a couple months ago. I saw he tried to introduce a bill that would, uh, Le- yeah, limit the limit Senate terms. Or, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really fascinating. <laughs> he did it. I mean, <laughs> Ted Cruz is the worst, but yeah, he did it. He did it because he. He wanted to look good for. He's trying to pad his resume. Yeah, he's trying to. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he doesn't want to be a senator. He wants to be the president. <laughs> he wants to see if sand glows in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> he also recently said that um, the Green New Deal is gonna uh, like kill all cows because it doesn't want cows to emit carbon dioxide or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, uh, it's going to kill methane. all cows. Yeah, yeah I, I, I read that clause in the Green New Deal that said, if enacted, immediately go out into your pastures and ranches. Slaughter and all cows. Slaughter them. Bury yeah. them into big holes. Yeah. They're so threatened by it. They're so threatened by, like, I get on my soapbox a little bit, but Republicans are so threatened by vegans, dude. <laughs> It's just fucking vegans. <laughs> like, I know, but like, did you see this stuff on on Fox News where they're talking about the Green New Deal and they bring up veganism and oh, how basically uh, yeah. the Green New Deal wants to enforce that we're all vegan and and it's so wrong because. 
the taste of beef is so good. Like, dude, just fuck off. <laughs> I mean, the taste of beef is good. <laughs> yeah. But that point aside, like, they're threatened by anything that just like I, I love when it is it isn't <laughs> cis white male bullshit I yeah. don't know dude I just I love to when they're like here's everything that AOC stands for and it's like all positive things <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like okay where's uh, the bad in here like does she stand right. for like oh Jesus never mind like, we could go I on know. this forever and ever we're kind of getting off the rails here but dude, it's, it's I, been an extraordinarily so tired of it week, so I think yeah. we had to sort of touch base on it and if anything we got some pretty good SNL out of it so oh my god that was so good <laughs> dude yeah lately I've been really like I've been watching SNL uh, skits because yeah there's just so much coming out and their portrayals of people is so funny yeah I agree. <laughs> like uh there was one recently, uh, it was the the Laura Ingram show. <laughs> Did you watch this one? And this one wasn't as political, but uh, they have, uh, what's the Facebook guy's name again? Um, Mark Zuckerberg. They have Mark Zuckerberg on. And the way that they portray him is just so funny. He's like standing there and he has his hands like sort of at level with his face. And she's like, why are you holding up your hands like that? And he's like, because when I practiced this, I had a table to lean on. Uh, and, <laughs> and then he's like, blink twice slowly. <laughs> uh, and then uh, that same woman, I don't know her name, the blonde lady who plays like Hillary Clinton. She was Laura Ingram. But she also, in this recent one with the Cohen testimonies, plays Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Oh, yeah. And she's yeah. like, I'm De- Debbie Wasserman Schultz hold for booze or something <laughs> yeah uh so um, good yeah what was her name she's really good uh Kate I, in my opinion she's like she is snl right now she's like the oh the, yeah she's so good yeah kate mckinnon yeah. she's really good she's in the kate mckinnon yeah. yeah she's in the ghostbusters and uh stuff like that so yeah anyways yeah what else you got, dude? Anything? Um, no, I've just been uh, tinkering around with my Raspberry Pi a little bit, trying to. Uh, I want to. I got to wait till I get a, a different Pi in. I want to get like a Pi Zero or something like that, or I've got a an orange Pi hopefully coming my way pretty soon. But I want to create a little uh, hangable uh, LCD display that's going to be like a real time, uh, weather radar display along with, uh, my, my Google calendar and some, uh, news RSS feeds, um, you know, maybe like a marquee type reader going across the bottom or something like, or maybe just a Twitter account or something. Um, and I want to, yeah, build this thing and hang it. So I got some awesome, you know, thing to look at get know the weather what's going on have my calendar on there for everybody to see i'm really excited i got i kind of got it working with my pi 3 but um i think it's a waste of my pi 3 <laughs> to just have it <laughs> hanging on the wall 24 7 yeah. that's um, why i got my pi 1 as my uh pi hole yeah exactly so um yeah that's kind of so, been fun screwing around with so you basically attach like another like LCD screen or something and and put it in like a glass 
some sort of glass container? Is that? Uh, well, well, what I want to do is like so. Basically, I mean, just take like a computer monitor or something like that, remove it from its case, and um, I'm building like a nice wooden, you know, frame for it to hang in. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then everything is just good. Yeah, I'm going to have this nice wooden frame. The pie will be, you know, taped or fastened somewhere in the back. Um, and, yeah, the only downside is I have to plug it in. But depending on the, like, placement and everything, if I do it right, it won't look bad. But, it's yeah, it's been kind of a fun little project just getting to know more to how, um, you know, the Raspberry Pi's functionality and seeing how different um, different uh, Linux kernels and things like that operate. and Yeah. Um, what are you running on yours? Well, honestly, right now, um, I was using um, a different uh, a different kernel for media streaming. I think it was called Kodi uh-huh. or something like that. But um, right now, I'm just back to Raspbian, which is like, you know, the basic... You know, yeah. the basic OS with like a GUI and everything. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it just makes things a... a little easier to use and navigate for me. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's. Uh, well, the old one was Jesse, Jesse Light, but I forget what the new one is called. Um, and yeah, the command line Linux is. I like it just because it's like you don't have the overhead of the OS or of the GUI, yeah. but. But also, uh, and I like, you know, learning the, the command line and everything. But it at the same time, it takes me like five times as long to do anything. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's kind of partially why I've kept it. And plus, it doesn't necessarily inhibit any functionality that I can use with the terminal or anything. So, yeah. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. You just pull up the terminal and you can use that. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of my goal. Once I get one of these other pies in, I'm going to do something. And it's just kind of fun. Like, I had it working uh, earlier. Um, I just had to tweak it a little bit. But, um, you know, just in my monitor or whatever, I had it working pretty well. And it was really fun to look at. You know, you can see, like, the clouds moving and it shows you the forecast and, like, where you might expect rain or snow or whatever. It's really fun to see. So, Is this another app? you uh, I just like point it install? at a website and run it in kiosk mode basically oh cool okay um, so uh, like one of the websites I was pointing out is like fullscreenweather.com um, nice okay and then yeah just uh, fixing the coordinates and everything ahead of time and having it auto boot there um, nice yeah so it was kind of fun. Yeah, I see it. I'm looking at Raspberry Pi's website, and there's a weather station thing that you can buy for it. Yeah. So you can set one up right on top of your house, dude. Yeah, it would be kind of neat. I was looking at that, and it seems pretty easy to integrate, but I don't know exactly, like, other than, you know, getting, like, local results and things like that. Like, I don't know what use it would be yeah. when I can just get online and dude. access the power of every weather station in <laughs> the country or right. the world, you yeah. know? Yeah, totally. Um yeah. So, and plus, I just want something also like pretty to look at. Yeah. Um, like, I thought about getting, um, or basically doing like a little like LED display that just shows you what the weather will be. Um, like, I saw some how tos to create like a little pinhole LED display, and it shows you like it's going to rain later today, or it's going to be sunny, or it's going to be foggy, or cloudy, or whatever. Um, 
just a minimalist little design. But I thought it'd just be more fun to have something that, you know, looked pretty on the wall and was fun to look at and also had some other functionality, like including like I'm really excited to get the calendar and the RSS uh, feeds in there and stuff, too. So um, just a fun little project that I can hang and look at and say, look at this cool thing that I did. And it has yeah, functionality. Dude. So Totally. Yeah, that's where it's at with the with the Raspberry Pi, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not someone who needs to like get all the little extension hardware and program flickering lights, but I like having you know well, specific purposes for it. Yeah, well, what's fun about the extensions and stuff is that you can figure out how computing can impact you know other things, which is like really fun, right? Like you can. Uh, see the results of your labor rather than like it, it's almost like running a program but when you execute the program you're making lights blink a certain way or you're moving yeah. a little arm a certain way or it's definitely good for kind of understanding electronics like yeah. oh if i tell this pen to send electricity out yeah uh and i have a light plugged into it the light shines or whatever you know yeah exactly. and it's kind of neat it's fun um i haven't really done much with that other than just making lights flicker but <laughs> but it's pretty cool yeah. you know and when you watch um uh god i can't remember what her channel is but simone oh wait yeah simone yelch or I, I don't know how to say her name it's swedish but anyway uh she has a youtube channel where she makes fun robots that do stuff and oh that's cool yeah it's just like really cool to see like she's like i'm gonna make a robot that carves a cake and she creates a robot that carves a cake <laughs> you know and it's just like a little arm that sits you know fixed to her countertop and holds a knife yeah. and cuts a cake you know <laughs> <laughs> nice um that's super cool yeah but it's just interesting to see um yeah and it's stuff that people should be more aware of considering we're moving into like the automation age you know oh yeah um, totally and that's one of the things that's kind of fun with the pie too is just looking at ways that you can like automate your home and integrate it with um, home smart assistants and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's just no limit to the things you can do. But anyway, oh, show. Yep. Um, Why don't we wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. Hey guys, um, we're done, but don't forget about our giveaway. <laughs> we got one more week. Uh, and that hashtag again for that giveaway, GDQY2 giveaway. Um, enter for your chance to win our awesome game dev packages, which include Game Maker Studio 2, Ace Sprite, and Write Mic Music Maker. Um, your complete package to make your dream game. Just tweet us with that hashtag. Let us know the game you want to make. And uh, we'll draw a winner next week. Um, in the meantime, uh, if you want to tweet at us, you can do so at Game Devs Quest. You can email us, gdq at airpodcast.com. You can come join our Discord uh, our permalink to that bit.ly forward slash gdq discord and if you're so inclined to support the podcast financially you may do so by buying yourself something cool on humblebundle.com i don't know what's up there right now but uh if you use the link bit.ly forward slash gdq hyphen humble uh and you purchase anything a little bit gets scraped off the top and kicked our way and it helps us keep the lights on and we really appreciate it costs you nothing extra and another thing that costs you nothing extra but means the world to us is a rating and a review on your preferred podcast platform uh be it itunes or be it the other things that will be on soon um leave us a rating and review leave us five stars if you love us leave us three if we're okay hell if you hate us leave us one and tell us what we can do better and we will um they are 
the currency of the podcast world. They help us maintain visibility. They help us connect with new like-minded audiences, uh, you know, just like you. You know, there might be somebody out there that is exactly like you and they're like, man, oh my, I wish I had a cool game dev focused podcast to listen to where the hosts are cool as shit. And maybe you don't know that, but if by leaving a rating and a review, you can connect with that person and maybe you can give them the information that they need to make the choice to click that subscribe button and get in touch with us. Um, yep. Game dev focused or game dev unfocused, you choose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also, guys, when it's time, go out and vote. Vote your conscience. <laughs> yep. Your conscience. Folks. Just vote. Just do it. Um, and I guess that does it. Until next time, when we'll be back with the Game Dev Giveaway winners. Yep. Thanks, guys, for listening. Have a good week. Cue that music. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes.